Hey everyone, my name is David Lopez and welcome to the Know-It-Alls podcast. We're right in the middle of a series titled Heaven and Hell, where we're talking about the cultural perceptions of the afterlife and what the Bible actually has to say. Make sure that you send in your questions and comments so that you can be a part of the conversation. Let's dive in. Hey guys, it's Ryan Diaz. Welcome back to the Know-It-Alls podcast. We up apologize david we've been gone for some time we have been we've been gone we've been gone we, we've been off the map i'm um, off the grid um <laughs> it's completely our fault well not like it's a bad thing i was moving yeah and we're just i was getting to all these new rhythms so it's my fault blame me don't blame david he, he's innocent i agree blame ryan <laughs> <laughs> thanks for the loyalty no, um, so but we're back um yeah and so as we kind of get into this new structure and new way we're doing podcasts we're probably gonna Relook at the format and how often we do podcasts or or our recording schedules, but we're back. We're back. Yeah, we're back like we never left, that's and <laughs> yeah, that's a reference <laughs> to something. Yeah. Um. And so we're gonna continue and pick up our conversation, the the culmination and the final conversation about heaven and hell. Yeah. So heaven and hell. Let's do a quick recap. Episode number one, we kind of did away with some of the weird. Um, pictures we have. Right, the babies in the sky. Babies in Beverly Hills in the clouds. <laughs> right. And um, we kind of kind of dismiss this idea that hell is somehow the devil's kingdom and his domain. Right. Um, Where he tortures bad people. For eternity, yeah. yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Pitchfork, all right. that kind of stuff. All that. Episode two, we kind of talked about hell as an aspect of God's divine judgment. Mm-hmm. And if God is loving and just, then it makes... then the. Theology and the idea of hell makes sense in God being a loving and just God. Right. And in fact, divine judgment is not a scary thing, but it's a good thing. It's, it's a good thing. Happy. Actually, it yeah. brings culmination, God's right. response to evil. Right. And episode three, um, we're going to kind of dive into, um, and we, you kind of heard us say this throughout the series so far, but heaven and hell aren't just future destinations, but the Bible also outlines how they're also present realities. Yeah. And so we're going to kind of dive in. Um, and the Bible uses different names for these. So for heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom mm-hmm. of heaven, eternal life. Yeah. Um, some names that get used for, for like the idea of hell as a present reality is like the world or the present age or the age of sin and death. Right. Um, as this present reality. That's of, where we are right now. Yes, yeah, right. that's our lives right, right now. Right. Um, and so how does this whole thing start off though, David? Definitely. Um, so it starts off. Uh, pretty much like every other thing starts off. I feel like pinking the brain. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are we doing tonight? We're going to take over the world. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but it, it all comes back to Genesis chapters uh, 1, 2, and 3. Uh, and if you've been listening to the podcast, you, you should know the story by now. Yeah, we'll um, go through it again. But we will absolutely go through it again. So God uh, is so excited um, with his own goodness that he creates the world. Yeah. Uh, right. He creates human beings uh, as reflections or as images of himself, both male and female, uh, to uh, to run, to manage uh, the creation that God has yeah. made. So trees, stars, all that beautiful. Not stars, really, but, you know, but trees, land, all yeah. that. Everything's made for the benefit right. of, of humans, right? And, and they can he flourish and partner with him. Right, partner with God in the flourishing of the world, creating life. And this is the image that we have, the original image of heaven. 
uh, where human space and God space are completely one. Uh, there's unity and beauty uh, because of that closeness and that intimacy. Yeah, and that's kind of pictured in in this picture of the Garden of Eden, this, right. this paradise where God places Adam and Eve, human and life, are, mm. are there mm. actual translations of their names. And so human and life get to live in God's presence and paradise in proximity to God. Right. Um, with no interruptions. There's no, there's no, they don't lose the Wi-Fi. No. <laughs> um, the, the signal doesn't go off. Like, like yeah. they're connected and in God's presence. Right. And then there's that weird incident with the talking serpent. Right. Um, the Bible is weird. So a serpent comes up, starts talking to them, convinces them um, that their way is better. Right. So they re- reject God. Um, they kind of give him the finger right. and decide to define good and evil for themselves. Right. And that leads to their removal mm-hmm. from the garden yeah. and heaven and earth. Once this connected, God's space and our space connected and together are now separated. Right. And matter of fact, the Bible continues in Genesis chapter 6 with this description of the world after this separation where heaven and earth are now separated. It actually gives us a, a, a description of hell on earth. Right. Um, and Dave, why don't you read that? So it's Genesis chapter 6. If you have your Bibles, um, you should open up at Genesis chapter 6, verse 1. You can follow along. Uh, verse 1. Um, then the people began to multiply on the earth. The daughters were born to them. Uh, and daughters were born to them. The sons of God saw the beautiful women and took any that they wanted as their wives. And the Lord said, My spirit will not put up with the humans for such a long time, for they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will be no longer 120 years. And just just to pause right here, a great I was listening to this awesome teaching by actually a guy named Dr. Tim Mackey. And um, he and if you ever heard of the Bible Project, um, we obviously steal a lot from them because they're amazing. Um, but he actually kind of goes... The whole point of this portion right here is not to kind of talk about how long do humans live and stuff mm-hmm. like that. It's just to go to show that people die. Right, people are dying. People yeah. are dying because of right. sin. Right, exactly. Because we're no longer in God's presence. Right. Um, then there's this whole bunch of weird stuff about the Nephilites. Right. And, um, <laughs> we'll get it next episode. Next episode. Kidding. Uh, <laughs> That's but, a weird passage of scripture. Right. And then we go into verse 5. Right. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So it seems to me that like from from already this passage of scripture, that the the, the source of evil, the source of this hell on earth is us. Right. So not only were we separated from God, um, but once we separated, we produced our own thing. Yeah. Uh, and in the garden, when, when uh, Adam and Eve eat of the fruit, which is the decision to reject God, uh, his prophecy yeah. comes to pass where he says, well, you'll, you'll eat of the fruit and you'll surely die. Yeah. Uh, and it becomes more than that. It becomes a production line of death. Almost we, we make a death factory, essentially, yeah. right? Like we just start to produce. Uh, death through all of the mistakes that we're making, uh, through the power grabs, through uh, the immoral sex that these yeah. people are having, the rejection of covenants between people, the mistrust, the hatred, all of this produces a world uh, or an age of sin and of death. And God 
points the finger and says that that production comes not just from these big systems. So it's not like um, it's not like a government did it, right? Yeah. It says it's from the the hearts uh, uh, and the thoughts of people. Everybody is contributing to this cesspool, right? Um, of sin and death and destruction, and I think it, this kind of is it was not the topic we're talking about today, but it's, it always goes back to this question. A lot of people have this maybe these qualms about the Bible or God or like the idea of a loving God. Yeah. It's like how could a good God, loving God, let evil things happen and it's not that god doesn't make them happen or or let them happen we do right we're the source of hell on earth right um and i mean you could look at history book flip through i mean the 20th century is the bloodiest century in history yeah um and we're and whether it's and i think what and even just in our day-to-day lives not just mass murder genocide or just corrupt institutions and the oppressions of whole people groups in our daily lives we have relational breakdowns with people right. that leads to death of relationships exactly it's well it's something that we we experience all the time like i make choices yeah that now cause issues amongst, for other people yeah amongst all of us right amongst yeah. com- community members amongst right. like my family and my friends i i can make decisions that are quote-unquote personal right uh, and they still have an effect on other people, and then they also have an effect on me and on my soul and, and uh, on on who I am, even. Um, and I, I can produce hell for myself. Right, and I think that's what the Bible's trying to cue us into is this idea that we're we're producing mm. our own demise. Right. And if nothing gets in, if something doesn't stop or get in the way, right. um, we'll continue to produce hell. On Earth, right. can I take that a, a step? Go for further? it. So, a, a very practical uh, I, way to visualize this that I've heard somewhere, and I don't remember where, so I can't take credit for it. Um, but I think everyone can agree that the sex trafficking industry is bad. Right. Right. M- like most people can agree. If you live uh, in, if you're a 21st century Westerner, right. Most that's people, an easy vote for you. Right. Exactly. And we want to end that. Right. Right. We want to end sex trafficking. Uh, and there are several ways that you can do that, um, because it's become one of the largest industries on the planet. Yeah. It's massive. Um, so you can do it politically or attack these big systems and such, right. right? And that's awesome. And there are so many people who devoted their lives towards ending that. Right. Jesus, when he comes into the picture, and God, in his divine justice, yeah. looks at a problem like sex trafficking, and he's like, that is horrific, clearly, right? Yeah. But when he addresses the issue, what he says is, I want to, instead of just getting rid of the sex trafficking industry, I want to get rid of lust. Yeah. Like right to the root of the right, problem. Right to the root. So what he's saying first is that the root of the issue again yeah. is us. Yeah. And that there's something in our heart individually um, that is the problem that creates these really big, awful... That creates hell on earth. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, I think this is... This an- might answer a lot for some people about why our world is the way it is. Right. It's, the Bible's letting us know that the moment we decided humanity made a choice to go our own way, to define good and evil from ourselves, we lost our access to the presence of God. And if, you, if we follow the biblical story, the presence of God is a source of life. It's a source of completeness. It's actually truly being a human being can only be found in light of the creator mm-hmm. and so once when we lose all of that and we enter into 
an age of sin where, where our own choices bring us further away from God, the Bible lets us know that the, the wages of sin is death. And it's not like, it's maybe not always be immediate death, no. but it's the death of everything we were meant to be anyways. Right. And I think that's what's kind of cool to look at is see, this is the kind of the whole story. The story of the Bible is God addressing humanity in the hell it's created mm. and wanting to rescue it from a, from it. Right. And then all of a sudden we get this idea of this present age of hell. Um, this it's, it's, this, it's this real present reality. Mm. But then the Bible also gives us this hope that the heaven can also be a present reality in the midst of the hell. Exactly. Where do we see that in the biblical story? I mean, we see it all over, but we, we primarily see it introduced um, number one, um, through the family of Abraham. Right. So if we just go a quick recap again of the whole story <laughs> of the Bible, but um, God chooses this family, the family of Abraham, which eventually becomes the people of Israel, and He basically instructs them to be a countercultural people, a counter kingdom, hmm. an upside down kingdom yeah. that would wouldn't embrace the corruption and the death of society yeah. and the hell on earth that they would live according to god's will and god's way and because of that create life for so many others and that culminates in the mission and the story of jesus right so we have okay so we have this uh the society yeah um that is now created to to be heaven on earth yeah god's rules regulations that then produce heaven Right. What happens to them? So, I mean, the, I mean, we can go through all the teachings of Jesus, but there's this interesting parable he shares. Um, Jesus often talked in these parables, and people are always like, "Jesus, what are you talking about?" But this is we are lucky ones, and when he actually explains, <laughs> he explains one of them. Yeah, finally. he doesn't always. No. <laughs> so this is a good one though. So we'll read the parable. We'll read Jesus' explanation, and then we'll kind of see where this takes us. So. Um, it says this, Matthew 13, chapter 13, verse 24. Here's another story Jesus told. The kingdom of heaven is like a farmer who planted good seed in the field. But the night, but that night, as the workers slept, the enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat, then slipped away. When the crop began to grow and produce grain, the weeds also grew. The farmers went to him and said, Sir, the field where you planted good seed is full of weeds. Where did they come from? An enemy has done this, the father, farmer exclaimed. Should we pull out the weeds, they asked? No, he replied. You'll uproot the wheat if you do. Let both grow together until the harvest. Then I will let, tell the harvesters to sort out the weeds, tie them into bundles, and burn them, and put the wheat in the barn. Then Jesus explains the paragraph um, in the parable in verse 36. He says, Then leaving the crowds outside, Jesus went into the house. His disciples says, Please explain to us the story of the weeds in the field. I would have said the same thing. Yeah, I'm like, what? Because I'm like, what are you talking about, Jesus? <laughs> weeds and, and wheat. And, yeah. and Jesus responds. He says this. He's, Jesus replied, The Son of Man is the farmer who plants the good seed. The field is the word, and the good seed represents the people of the kingdom. And again, the, the, right there, Jesus is hinting at, this counter mm. kingdom, this, this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven right. that he was promising was being fulfilled in him. The weeds are the people who belong to the evil one. Interesting. The enemy who planted the weeds among the wheat is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world and the harvesters are the angels. Just as the weeds are sorted out and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the world. The Son of Man will send his angels and they will remove from his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do 
evil, and the angels will throw them into the fiery furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, harsh. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in their father's kingdom. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Hmm. So all of a sudden now, Jesus is kind of highlighting this this culmination of the story of the Bible. Right. Was that we live in this world that has evil has been allowed to fester for right. some time. Both. Both good and evil. Right. Both the kingdom of God. Yeah. And both evil and so. Well, what I love about that image is that they're so entangled. Yeah. Right. Like they're so, so because you can because you can the kingdom of God exists inside. Right. This present age exactly. inside this age of sin and death, right. which is also so much hope. Mm-hmm. Because even though we live in this world, there's this hope that that that, that God's kingdom is still being still, built and yeah. still still here, still here, yeah. and present um, right. in His people. Right. But eventually, what, what what Jesus is saying is that these are present realities. And future destinations, where right. eventually he's going to deal with evil, It'll be and his kingdom will be what's left standing here. Right. So evil will be dealt with, and the presence, the goodness of God is left standing, and evil is dealt with. But again, it's also this acknowledgement that this, these are our present realities. Right. But the promise of Jesus' kingdom is that in his teaching, his, I mean, his main message was repent, the kingdom of heaven is here. Yeah. Is here. It's fulfilled in him. Right. But even as we watch Jesus operate and teach, even in his miracles, he's giving windows into what the kingdom of heaven will look like where there's no sickness, right. no death, no mourning. These are all promises of God's kingdom. Right. What, well, so, so what does it look like then? The promises of God's kingdom I get, right? Like, yeah. Like a life in which beauty awesomeness right. right like i no alarm clocks i hope like you know, <laughs> like uh, no but point is like th- this great world what does it look like for the kingdom of heaven to be on earth amongst all the evil the difficulty yeah. all that stuff it would would be the next logical step hmm. right like because they're entangled right like we're, we're we're in the vineyard uh the wheat and the and the um and the weeds are entangled together and they're growing. What does it look like to be wheat in the middle of all those weeds? Man, I, so I think it would be kind of like what Jesus kind of highlights in the Beatitudes, mm-hmm. which is kind of like his his main sermon, his his largest sermon <laughs> we see him give. And um, I'll just read through them. This is Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. But God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble. For they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. For they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful. For they will be shown mercy. God blesses those who are hearts are pure. For they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace. For they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Jesus is in- introducing here what it looks like to be wheat among weeds. Right. That we'll be the people who... God, people who live in God's kingdom inside this hell on earth we're living in mm-hmm. are people who, who uphold peace where others would look for revenge. Right. There were people who would seek to remain pure before God rather than, t- ra- rather than purposely tainting ourselves right. with sin and death. 
We will be those who hunger and thirst for justice and not perpetuate unjust practices. It's this con- Again, it's, it goes back to Israel. Israel was meant to do all this right. and be this beacon of hope in this kind of countercultural community, the kingdom of God. And Jesus is saying, hey, listen, if you partner with me, if you, if you find life in me, you'll be able to live like this even amongst hell on earth. Matter of fact, you could experience heaven on earth. Right. Which is nuts. So yeah. amongst all of people's bad, let's, you know, let's kind of bring it down uh, to our everyday. Yeah, everyday yeah. life. Go for it. Uh, well, actually, you know, it's funny. I, I think that Jesus does that, like, right after the Beatitudes into yeah. the rest of the Sermon on the Mount where he, he starts saying, okay, now that you understand who this kingdom of heaven is for and who it, the kind of person it's going to produce, this is what it looks like to live in that. Yeah. Right? And he takes all these Old Testament laws uh, and he, like, cranks him up to 11 and right. says, hey, look at your heart instead of just the action. Right. So... What that means is is two things, I think, for me. Um, I, I would read a lot of these laws, especially as a kid, and think yeah. like, okay, these I, I get that these are things I should follow, Yeah. but why? Hmm, good, right. that's a good question. Right, so I think that the claim Jesus and the Bible is making is that following God's way produces life. Right. That inherent in doing what God says, yeah. life comes out of it. So it's not that we do this because God said no. Yeah. We do them because they produce life. And also... Rather than no. death. Right, yeah. rather than death. And in fact, the things that I want to do will produce death. That right. it's not just arbitrary, like, listen to these... Like, you know, like, you know the thing, oh my gosh, my mom would do this, and it would drive <laughs> oh, me up the wall. You, I'm, because I'm sure I said you do. so. Exactly. Oh my oh, gosh. Oh, I hear that. I, remember, I don't know who your mom is, but you're right. Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I remember this one time. I I, uh, I tried to go out, um, and it, it was a, like a Friday, so like it was fine. Like there was yeah. no issue. I wasn't gonna School go was wild the next out. Day, yeah. Right. I wasn't gonna do anything crazy, and I was just like, "Hey, mom, I'm gonna go outside." She just told me no. I was like, "Why?" Because I said so. Yeah. Like, and I feel like we think about that often with God. That God's yeah, just like. like don't I'm have just se- saying this. Don't have sex outside of marriage. Why? Because I said, said so. No, like that's yeah, not. Like God isn't petty and arbitrary. Right. Exactly. Like, right. I th- and I think that's why we have to look at like what when the Bible's talking about what the Bible teaches and mm-hmm. God is trying to say, hey, listen, there's there's two ways you can experience life in this present world. Right. You experience hell on earth. Right. As a result of your own choices and your own decisions and the choices and decisions of people around you. Mm-hmm. Or you can experience a heaven on earth. Doesn't mean you have a perfect good life. No. But what it what what happens to your life is even when you face trials and tribulations, and even when you go through terrible things, and mm-hmm. even when even when other people's poor choices affect you, right. you have the you have the faith mm-hmm. and the hope to endure and keep on going. Right. The fortitude, uh, the the peace that surpasses all understanding. Right. There are all these benefits. I think that the the Bible outlines that come from living in the present reality of heaven. Right. Right. And, be, I, I, so, and I think even like you see this kind of like in the early church in the New Testament, mm-hmm. where like a lot of times, you like Paul would pray for a group of believers, and he and his prayer wouldn't be like they're that they're that the situation would magically change. No. But he pray things like perseverance. Right. And um, they grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Right. They would yeah. grow in that. Why? Because he's saying, hey, your situation, it looks like hell on earth. Yeah. But because you're in relationship with the king of heaven, Jesus, yeah. you could, and because your presence is, his presence is with you, 
despite your situation, the ultimate hope you have in Jesus produces this peace and this joy and this understanding mm. that you could could endure. Right. And and then so I think we're talking a lot about present realities, but then the ultimate hope of the believer is that future reality. Right. Is right. this reality where not only do we live get to spend eternity with Jesus, but that also this very world we inhabit will be made right, right. and new. The beauty, the beauty of that is uh, yes, that 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 is our final hope is God coming back and making things right. Right. And what the present reality of heaven is supposed to do is prepare us for living that right. way. Right. Like that. That's crazy. Right. Because in in a world in which God has made all relationships with Him perfect, and then also yeah. relationships amongst each other perfect, what is the room for lying? There is none. Right. I just, why lie? Right, like right. there, right? There's no reason to. What is the reason for for being jealous of someone else or coveting? Yeah, right. Like all these things don't make any sense. So, yeah, you, you're, you're. I think I love that uh, you brought that up. The final hope is the point because um, that's why we endure. Yeah. So that when that comes, we can actually live in a world that is right. This way. And it's and it's almost like so. You see in the garden two two relational breakdowns happen mm. adam and eve their breakdown with god mm. breaks down obviously they're, they're cast out the garden there they no longer have intimacy and proximity to god's presence but also what is, what's the first thing that happens when they when, when they eat the when they eat the fruit they notice they're naked they notice they're naked that yeah. there's this mistrust there's a relational breakdown between fellow humans and i think if we could summarize what is, hev- what is heaven on earth? Or what's hell on earth? I think mm. a good summary of hell on earth is relational breakdown between God and people. Mm-hmm. What is heaven on earth? Right relationship mm. between God, God mm. and people. Cool. So that's why the all the laws summed up. Is love but, your God with yeah. all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So, yeah. That's what, and G- what does Jesus say? Do that right. and you will live. Why? Because that, that's... The, the guy's question was, right. how do I get to the kingdom of heaven? How do you have eternal life? Yeah. How do I have eternal life? Yeah. Uh-huh. And he says, God says, yeah, love God. You're right. Love yeah. God and love people. Yeah, do that. But in the current world we live in, that's impossible without Jesus. Exactly. Which is why he had to say, hey, I'm here. The kingdom of heaven is here. Embrace me. Right. And I'll give you the power and the strength to live To like actually this. live that way. Right. Because it's easier said than done. Right. Because, yeah, you, like, you read the, the, the uh, Sermon on the Mount and... Like, you read some of the things, again, about, like, lust and anger. Like, if your hand causes you to sin, like, cut it cut off. Cut it off, right. And you're just like, I can't. Well, I guess I'm with no limbs then. Right, <laughs> exactly, right. I can't do all this. Um, and therein is where Jesus... D- did it for you. D- exactly. And that's the beauty of the message of Jesus, is that he pays the price and then provides the way. Like, it's beautiful. He is both the king... But also, the submissive servant that shows us how to live in the kingdom. Crazy, yeah. He he, he has to do it both. Yeah. And, and since we believe Jesus is God, mm. what's even the bigger implication is that God loved humanity so much that God became human right. to model what it is to be human, right? So that we can have right yes. relationship with God. Him. Yeah. So, and that's why, like the like the idea of Jesus is the Son, mm. God is the Father. God in Himself models 
perfect and right relationship with himself. Right. And that's literally heaven on earth. It, it yeah. Like what empowers Jesus to, in the garden, say, man, everything in me, take this cup away from me. I don't want right. to die. But not my will, but your will. Your that's will. heaven on earth. That's, a, that's right. living in that peace that's a past, that, like, that only comes from proximity to the presence of God. Right. And it affects, I think, our, our everyday. It's something that, that, I think I've shared this publicly before as well, that, yeah. that I'm really trying to grab hold of, and I probably will for the rest of my life, but it's it's just being aware of, of God always. Right. Right, and I think that that living in the reality of God's life, mm-hmm. and that He's always here, and I'm always in relationship with Him, is consistently changing how I live and how I speak and uh, how I see things, right. how I see pain, which is crazy. Like, I, I remember going through a scenario that was painful and it hurt, but I, I wasn't hopeless. Right, and did it end you? Exactly, it didn't end me, no. Like, hmm. yeah. And it's the superpower almost that, like, yeah. you're, the weeds while around you won't kill you. Right. Right. And I think it it gives us so much peace to knowing that while I can live like this presently, it's a it, this is just a pale reflection. Right. Oh, yeah. Like even when Paul says, I, I see, you know, like dimly in the mirror, but soon I'll see face to face. Oh, yeah. It's this beautiful picture of like, even this, what we experience is the presence in the kingdom of God. It's, it's a pale comparison right. to living in the resurrection and new creation. Right. So everything that we will experience, and that is... When heaven and earth are... Finally, fully united. United. It's going to be crazy. And this hell on earth that we were experiencing is now a separate experience for those who've just rejected right. Jesus. And that's the, we, I think we spoke about a lot in Divine Judgments. In the very end, God gives you the choice. You've All of us have experienced... No, well, have experienced both. Had the opportunity to experience both. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could have experienced I think all of us experience hell on earth at a certain point and mm-hmm. most of us who choose to follow Jesus will experience yeah. heaven on earth um, and which one do you yeah, get it's, it's the dignity of choice yeah. God mm-hmm. honors if you would like life without God then he grants that to you right Right. and going through the biblical story um, hell on earth is not one that I personally have chosen Yeah. Uh, but I, but people do Right, and right. I think is that also, it's also the decision for my own self-interest while I continually perpetuate hell on earth and right. death and sin. Right, that my actions do bring hell to other people. And I think this is where God is kind of like, if you're okay with that, mm-hmm. then okay, then that will, you will reap the, you'll reap what you sow. The results of that, yeah. yeah. However, if you're realizing, I don't want to perpetuate sin and death and destruction. Right. In the world, I embrace this counter-present reality right. called heaven. And you can ex- not only not perpetuate death, but you can perpetuate life. Exactly. Experience life. And then so that's practice. what Jesus did. Yeah. Jesus lived and embodied the kingdom of heaven, and that living embodiment produced life for mankind. Crazy. Amazing. Yeah. I feel like that was, this is a solid ending to yeah. a great series. It's beautiful. Yeah. It took a while to make it. It did. It did. We had a lot, lot to cut through. But, <laughs> but man, it was good. It's our final hope as believers. And yeah. you know, for all those who aren't believers, uh, I would suggest that you took a look at, at our world and what the Bible has to say.
think yeah. it has to say a lot. And again, even if you never end up following Jesus, I do think it holds a lot of wisdom for looking at the world and seeing what the stem of all of our issues are. Yeah, I, um, someone once said, you, you cannot have any sort of morality without believing in any sort of God. Um, hmm. yeah. Because then if there is no God and there is no, then there's no morality because then natural selection is okay. And yeah. strong eating the weak is perfectly fine. How life goes. Yeah, but... Praying mantises, praying mantises aren't immoral. No. <laughs> Fair. So, yeah. So, I, yeah. I, I think, um, again, I think our podcast, I, I, sometimes we talk a lot, like we assume some people listening are Christians, but this is for everybody, and I encourage yeah. you, even if you're not a Christian, um, heaven and hell can sound like archaic ideas to you. Sure. But I encourage you to embrace the biblical story and... Mm-hmm. Or look, see what it's saying. Look out into the world. If, yeah. If you don't, if you don't see it, if you think human progress will save us, I would love, I would love to talk to you. Yeah. And because yeah. man, if I think human progress is amazing. Yeah. But I think we haven't progressed to the point where we can get rid of immorality. It should work by now. <laughs> right. Uh, right. But anyway, uh, that's the wraps up the series. Wraps up the series. Yeah. Man, I guess we'll land here, huh? Yeah, we'll land here. Thanks for joining us, guys. Um, we're going to have some new episodes and just adding new stuff to the podcast because we're, we've been learning by doing this. So thank you for listening and learning with us because it's been, it's been a journey. And have I have. Been. It has been. Nice. Thanks for listening. Stay curious. I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation. The Know-It-Alls are a community for the curious that we want you to be involved in. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the know-it-alls. That's T-H-3-K-N-O-W-I-T-A-L-L-S, where you can learn more about the topics we're covering and where you can join in on the conversation. You can also be a part of the know-it-alls by becoming a supporter on our Patreon page. That's patreon.com backslash the know-it-alls. We're looking forward to our next conversation. Stay curious.